Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I am Mary Catherine Ham, your host, and I am here with my co-host, Vic Mattis. As usual, we're going to have a Hunter Biden update for you guys and just a COVID bonanza because the people who believe in COVID mandates and regulations and all that sort of stuff are having a bonanza over a very, 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 very slight uptick. And so we got a lot to cover on that front. So we're just, it's like a time warp. We're taking it back. We're taking it back. But before we do that, Vic Mattis, how you doing? Hello, Mary Catherine. I'm doing just fine. I am now halfway through the last season of Breaking Bad. And two things. One is it is very interesting and uh, obviously intentional how we're supposed to go from rooting for Walter White to rooting against him Mm -hmm. and actually rooting for Jesse, who I hated early on, and rooting for uh, a special agent in charge, Isaac Hank Schrader. Right. So that's where I am. But what I find interesting, aside from the utter darkness of the last season, is this dilemma they seem to have, which is just a pile of cash, right? Mounds of actual cash that they can't just bring to a bank and deposit. Who among us has so not had said, this problem? Right, of course. And they said, well, we can't, you know, it's going to take decades to launder this money, blah, blah, blah. How do we spend it? It's like the movie Brewster's Millions. There are ways to spend cash, and probably less so now than it was when than when Brewster's Million, which was the Richard Pryor movie about spending $30 million in a month to gain $300 million, right? Because right? everywhere now is... A lot more cashless. We, we live in a more cashless society. Yes. I realize this by going to like some coffee shops now and they'll have signs. We, t- we do not take cash anymore. Yeah, try right? to go to Amazon Fresh and hand them cash. They're going to oh, be like, that's not fresh. That Get is. out of here. They won't even know what it is. But I do think I, there are ways to spend. And I find it that, like I would eat so well. Now, obviously, <laughs> for health reasons, I can't. But as we were just talking about this before the show, we won't get into that yet. But but like he's fine, guys. Beluga, don't panic. Beluga and Ocetra caviar, oh, like yeah. crates of that. Krug champagne, which is really expensive. I think that's how I would spend it. And and a, a bespoke suit, bespoke. Right? Yeah, they, they those there places you go. would not complain if you gave them cash. Yeah. No questions asked. Especially if you went to New Jersey. No, either they prefer the cash. <laughs> how would you spend? If you had to spend that kind of money. If I had to spend, spend that cash? kind of cash, mm-hmm. cash. Ooh, cash. Gosh, I'm such a really a low rent person. The <laughs> things that you like are very, no, it's not f- Yes, yeah, when fancy. I start trying to think about luxury that I would enjoy, it's like very low dollar stuff. Because even, even things like a full out spa day, that's not going to spend very much money, but I don't do that very often. Right. So it would feel extravagant to right, me. Right, right, But I think, yes, some very high end food stuff that I wouldn't have to feel guilty about at right. all. That would be, yeah. That'd be, I mean, guilty financially. I don't feel guilty elsewise ever. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> Not I. No. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't have a pension for like high living in general. No. You don't have, there's not something that you like that is like extremely expensive, like a pension for certain kinds of handbags and things like that. Watches. No, I'm not know. into that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Would I, maybe Steve would get a boat? <laughs> you pay that in cash. You pay that in cash. Here's a suitcase. <laughs> yeah. That's like, that's the high dollar thing I can think of that we would would like. You would probably pay an actual drug dealer for the boat. That's the funny thing. How are you otherwise? I'm good. Did I tell you about how I am making a resolution to try to walk the kids to school sometimes? How far? It's over a mile. So you get to say, the kids, do you tell the kids that the kids can say when they grow up, I used to walk to school and it was about a mile. A mile. A mile. A mile. Which is a long, that's a big distance. So, being me, 
I've been thinking about this for a couple of weeks, but hadn't really planned it per se. And one day, you know, I get the girls up maybe 10 minutes early. And I think, I think if they could get done by 730, we'd be fine, right? We can get out the door and, and walk over there. We have plenty of time. I also have the other two children, you know, can't leave them at home. And so at 730-ish, everybody's kind of done, but I have to like change both babies. And it turns out we don't leave till like 742, do you right? Get, do you get to leave the babies behind or you have to bring everybody? No, I brought yours? everybody. Oh. <laughs> so I put, I put the toddler in a stroller because she's a yes. wild maniac. Mm-hmm. And I wore the, ba- the baby. Wore the so baby. I wore the baby. That's an extra 25 pounds of just This is like the guys who run in gear. Yeah, I was rucking. So then I walk out the door and I realize very quick, of course, my oldest is not keen on this idea at all. She's already complaining as we walk out of the garage. The ones who can. Yes. So So I walk out and I immediately realize that this week was not the week, MK. It is... 80-something degrees already at 7.30 and very muggy. But the kids are complaining, which means I can't turn back, as I discussed during the hike episode, right? Yes, yes. You are a woman of principle. Yes. So I get out and I'm like, well, suck it up, MK. Here we go. Mile-long walk. And uh, I took the kids to school. Look. Dehydrated. The kids come in dehydrated. Yeah. Yeah. Look. Did we cut it close? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. I was dragging them across the school parking lot, like, it's 8.13. You've got one minute to get to class. You're going to be fine. I think you're going to be fine. And I told them, I did tell them, if you're tardy, please tell your teachers that this was an experiment by your mother in walking you to school. You can lay it on me. It is my fault. We didn't leave at 7.30. We should have left at 7.30. But you know what? They did make it. All was well. And then on the way back, my littles started freaking out. So I stopped off at a little bagel place. And got a bagel and a muffin and handed them some scraps. At which point I you was... just need something to nosh on. At which point I was pretty tired uh-huh. and sweaty. Mm-hmm. And I'm like juggling this baby in the holder. I'm trying to un- unsnap that. And the toddler's screaming. And you know what? I really looked like a novice out there. I was just sitting there with a screaming toddler like throwing, throwing bagel at her. Like everything's fine. All the people in this peaceful bagel place who go there for their zen and their coffee in oh, the morning yes. are like, what is this woman doing here? Can't she handle her children? I'm like, look, little do you know, I just dropped half of them off after right. a mile little long Little do they know that you're only with half <laughs> your coterie. I didn't look that experienced. I'll tell you that much. Uh, uh, we well, handled it, though. Oh, my yeah. my baby spilled a glass of water, so I'm cleaning that up. <laughs> your, your your baby once spilled a martini. I saw that. Yes, he's good at that. His, <laughs> his, his hands are very quick. Yes. He'll grab something on the table. It just goes whoop mm-hmm. right over. So. That was the last time I cried. Yeah. Was that? <laughs> Understandable. Speaking of crying, you know who might be crying this week? Oh, boy. Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden, who, it turns out, David Weiss, who you'll remember from his time as the prosecutor whose special deal, plea deal for Hunter Biden fell through because it was so very generous that everyone was like, wait, what's happening? Go back to the drawing board. At which point David Weiss was promoted, I guess, to special prosecutor for the same case, yeah. Yeah. which defeats the purpose of a special prosecutor. Nonetheless, he'll look into himself. Yeah. Nonetheless, Weiss has decided that he is going to look for indict- indictment, seek an indictment of the president's son during the course of September. The prosecutor's office said Wednesday in a court filing 
The filing was made in the felony criminal action against Biden over the possession of a gun while using narcotics, which frankly is the least of our troubles at this point. The financial stuff is really what we should be looking into. And it also refers to the separately filed misdemeanor tax case prosecutors brought tax case prosecutors brought earlier this year. The filing suggests new charges could be filed in both cases this month. So there you go. Do we do we feel like we're getting justice? It's funny because on the one hand, it you know, as you mentioned, it's the, you know, old pro- new prosecutor, same as the old prosecutor. Right. Literally. Literally. And he also might be feeling like he has to overcompensate now by saying, well, I'm definitely bringing indictments on this because everyone's watching him. He doesn't want to look like he's, you know, folding under political pressure. Which is why it would be nice to have just a different person. Yes. And what's funny, the flip side of this is Hunter Biden's lawyers are accusing David Weiss of folding to political pressure by threatening these (laughs) indictments. Now, according to them, the deal was done. The way it's structured... The plea deal is done. We're abiding by it. So what is your problem? And if you try to throw anything at us, we're going to say that it is invalid. So this one's this one's yeah. great. Like this is the Abby Lowell quote. Oh. He says the signed agreement from the gun case, quote, remains valid and prevents any additional charges from being filed against Mr. Biden, who has been abiding by the conditions of release under that agreement for the last several weeks. Yeah. Including regular visits by the probation office. Well, huge applause for Hunter Biden for his last several weeks yeah, he's of been, compliance. He's been an angel. Yes. And of course, that means that this plea deal that mm-hmm. was signed off on between the two parties, but not by the judge, right. who's pretty important, right. that should stand. It is interesting line, any additional charges, that's what brought the whole plea deal down, is because it was very unclear. Immunity from what? Past charges? Current charges? Future charges? Future charges. As if, you, you know, you... As if you would give a special prosecutor the DeLorean to go in time, forward, backwards, and they can't get him ever. They'll never be able to get Hunter Biden. So that part is particularly questionable. I love the line about the probation officer. Does the probation officer go through the East Wing Gate to visit (laughs) when they make their, you know, regular visits as they call them? Remember how there was cocaine at the White House and we're just like flown right past that story? One of the worst things about that cocaine story was the... The excuse that uh, a lot of the media took, like, okay, well, if they said so, which was they discovered the cocaine, the bag of cocaine in the library on X day. Hunter Biden wasn't there that day. Well, 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 well. And there's not a chance that he left it Case any other day in the last two weeks. No. So that was one thing. The other <laughs> he is only just, does cocaine on Fridays and he yeah, was gone that and day. he was gone. So why would it be there? Who would do that? Who would leave the cocaine? It was probably worth a lot. The other interesting thing is... Andy McCarthy mentioned this in, a, in his recent column that there's a statute of limitations approaching for the gun charge. Oh. And wouldn't it be convenient <laughs> if by the time Weiss gets around to wanting to file charges for, as you mentioned, purchasing a gun, possession of a firearm while on drugs, mm-hmm. and then, oh, statute of limitations. Oh, would you look at that? Sorry, can't which do is it. Of I would have, but, you know, Which is, of course, long. what, they, are stan- what yeah. they stand accused of by whistleblowers at the IRS who said what they did was they wouldn't let us investigate the tax mm-hmm. stuff that was obviously evasive in bigger ways than this misdemeanor stuff. Yeah. They wouldn't let us ask questions of the White House, which might have connected the two. No. And then they slow walked it so that it was past statute of limitations yeah. for these things. So that's how that ended up. Meanwhile, James Comer will continue to do work uncovering this. CBS News, Catherine Herridge. Obtained, obtained a letter to Hunter, Biden, Hunter Biden's legal team for records detailing contacts with DOJ over this failed 
plea deal to figure out how this all came together. Now, Hunter Biden's team says, well, we have attorney-client privilege. Comer counters that from oversight, given that these disclosures have been made to two media outlets and this information has been widely publicized, no basis exists to withhold these documents and communications from the committees, including on the basis of any purported duty of confidentiality, work product, or other privilege interest. Okay, just to play devil's advocate here, Mm -hmm. we're talking about a civilian, somebody who's not in public office, right? So why do we care? Number two, we don't go after the children of presidents, as you know, children, right. children, 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 a 53-year-old child. And as, as Claire McCaskill put it, what crime is he going to be? What crime is Joe Biden going to be charged with loving his son? Right. I mean, because why wouldn't all... you? All you want to do is help. Don't you want to help your son by giving the quote-unquote illusion of access? Right. So. There's These that. are all valid points, Vic. Thank you. I'm, thank you. Thank you, KJP, for being here on the <laughs> you're, show. You're very welcome. We... I'll get back to you on that. The, <laughs> the, the other thing is it is really worth reflecting on the, the notion that Hunter Biden was going to get a misdemeanor for willfully evading $11 million in taxes. <laughs> yeah. So it's not, again, it's not, oh, I, I forgot about this particular document. You don't document. think we would have gotten did, that? I didn't do it right. Us? Yeah. And- not to mention, where the hell is the eleven million coming from? Because there ain't no crimes involved yeah, in that. I'll yeah, tell you no, that no, much. No, no, no. Again, so you're talking about got to be at least one or two. CEFC China Energy, Barisma, any number of the Romanian businessman. Nobody seems to really care, or for the fact, or for the fact that uh, Joe Biden has several aliases, mm. including Robert Bob Peters, or Robin Ware. Now I get the Robin part, so I'm not sure about the Ware, but. We're not supposed to care about that? No. Because why? Well, because everyone uses aliases? Honestly, we should play this next week because I do not have it pulled up right now, but I will note that Philip Bump, yeah. oh. in an interview with a podcaster, which was posted online, he's a Washington Post analyst, really, mm-hmm. more than a reporter, mm-hmm. although he has a straight news bio, Right. really showed his ass, really, on in this interview. In which he was asked by a guy who I'm sure is right-leaning, but seemed to be very informed about the facts of the Hunter Biden case. Yeah. Asked Uh-oh. him that's a bunch not, that's of- a problem. A bunch of critical questions about Hunter Biden and like, he's like, well, there's no evidence. He just kept yeah, repeating, there's no evidence that, that these the two- That is the line they use. They that all Joe say Biden, that. That the money goes to Joe Biden and there's no evidence mm. and there's no evidence. And, no, and he says, okay, well, what about these texts that say he's splitting his income with his father? Do you know about those texts? What does that mean? And he has absolutely no curiosity and total contempt for the person asking him about this fact, this established fact. And he just says, like, there's no evidence. There's no evidence. There's no evidence. And then he went on a Twitter tirade smearing the guy who interviewed him and saying that guy was a liar. It was amazing. A perfect distillation. Yeah of media response to something like this, and particularly to the Hunter Biden case. I want to wrap up with a little audio. Willfully ignorant. Yes. And then defiantly calling people who aren't ignorant the ignorant ones. Right. Let me uh, close with my buddy Guy Benson on uh, Fox News Special Report with his sort of assessment of this whole David Weiss, Hunter Biden thing, which I agree with, like I always do with Guy. It is significant. I have to say that my analysis of this is pretty cynical. I think it's cynicism that's been well-earned by David Weiss over the course of this investigation, the MO of which has been, up to this point, 
to my eyes at least, an attempt to protect Hunter Biden to the greatest extent possible from consequences or accountability and to fully insulate his father. This gun charge could and probably should have been filed years ago. It's an open and shut case according to many legal experts I've spoken with. They could have indicted in 10 minutes. But here we are, years later, finally getting it once David Weiss has become a special counsel. He's been embarrassed twice before, once by the IRS whistleblowers and then with the plea deal falling apart in court. After each of those, he came forward with a new sort of box-checking enterprise or exercise saying, look, no, we are going to be serious about this. There will be accountability. I suspect this might be the latest element of that same pattern, but I'm open to changing my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's about right. I have a question for you. What's that? If you had a go-to alias, does one come mind to your mind immediately? <laughs> Do you have one? You know what? Uh, are you allowed to share? At one point, there was some sort of internet game where you would create your um, your NPR name. Oh, your NPR name. Okay. And your NPR right. name was to put a random consonant uh -huh. in the mid in the middle of your first name, and then your last name would be the smallest town you've ever visited. And mine is great. It is Marky Matula. <laughs> and I'm like, if I ever need something, that's a fantastic name. That is, that's fascinating. Marky Matula reporting on social justice. <laughs> the, how do you do the first part? <laughs> I'm going to walk you through this. Okay. Uh -huh. okay. Okay. Do you know what a consonant yes, is? Yes, like okay. a D. I'll say a D. Okay. You have to do like Vilk. Oh, okay. Yours would oh, be like. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Not like Victord. You could okay, do that too. Record. Yeah. Okay. That would be. And the, and the you know what the last name would be? The last name would be Silex. Oh, that's nice. S I L E X, which is Silex, Missouri. Vilk Silex. I went. Yeah. <laughs> check out. You know. Check out population of Silex. I have been there. No. I. I would just go. I would just go with Victor, then Reno. R E N O, like Nevada. I like it. You like that? I kind of like Silex though. <laughs> Victor, Victor Silex. Yeah, Victor, yeah Victor, Victor Silex without any other consonant is like a Bond villain. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes, I like it. Okay. Mine's a little cute. Mine's not very sinister. No, it's, but it's intriguing. Yes. Yeah. Oh, speaking of sinister, I'm going to throw a curveball at Good you, Vic. But I'm ready. I'm ready. You are going to enjoy it. This uh -huh. is a story made for Victorino Mattis, okay? <laughs> it is about the German chancellor. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I think I know where you're going. Okay. Olaf Scholz. Yeah. yeah. He was jogging mm -hmm. this past week and he had an accident. Yes. He fell while jogging and sustained bruises to his face, prompting him to cancel some appointments over the weekend. The government said Saturday. He then posted a picture of himself on social media in order to protect his face while he's healing mm -hmm. from this. Mm -hmm. He is wearing a straight up pirate eye patch, a black yeah. Yeah. eye patch over one eye. And I want your take on this, but I first my take was the G20 is coming up. Yeah. When Germany walks away with every single thing at once from the G20, <laughs> I want you all to know that the reason is, is there's a German guy with an eye patch yes. and an accent. Yeah. Yeah. And that must be so frightening. <laughs> That's good. That's good, Mary Catherine. Like, that yeah. is a super mm -hmm. villain. Mm -hmm. The only thing left would be like, oh, something from my walk, like a cane button. I'll carry a marshal's baton. Yes. And yeah. And really emphasize that German accent mm -hmm. and stick up. Nobody's going to mess yeah, with that. No, and then say, oh, by the way, I forgot there's a Vaughn in my name, Olaf von Schultz, like Schlieffen. Putin is going to be defeated. Yeah. Like, th yeah. this no, is No, that's it. it. That's it. You don't want to mess with a- German guy with an eye yes, patch. It'll, it'll, now, we don't want to let it go too far. No, we don't. 
No, which is why most of my reference, all my references really are World War One, Moltke, Schlieffen. That's <laughs> as far as I go. Nineteen eighteen. That's as far as that we is, want it to yeah, go. The, the, the thing is, what are the other options? I'll tell you what the other options are, and they're not good, right? Okay. So you can do like, oh, I injured my eye, so you come out with like a white bandage, gauzy not, patch on your. Yeah, not that's cool. Sign of weakness. Yeah. Sign of weakness. I, no, it's amazing how mm-hmm. a different fabric. Mm-hmm can just change yeah. your whole eye patch oh, game. Oh, no, yeah. You, you, that, yeah, that's that's like walking wounded. Yeah. You know, blind leading the blind. Okay, so then you have the black eye patch. Mm-hmm. There's also the black eye patch without the strap. Oh. Yeah, but you really got to... I think I would go... There must be some sort of adhesive. It's I think the, I would go embellished eye patch. Embe- like, I would go a little cutesy. There'd be a saying on it or something. Or something like a little thing with like a smiley I'd face I'd embroider or it. I would embroider Embroidered, eye patched. They wouldn't know what to make of that. The other thing is the glasses. You ever wear, like, people with glasses where the one lens is black. Right. I believe Father James, the late James V. Shaw at Georgetown had that. And I think it really scared the S out of the students so that they <laughs> did all the required readings. You know what? Look, I'm just saying... There are yeah. some power play opportunities here. Yeah, no, I mean, think it's, it's you know what a great question would be: Who was the last German leader who had an eye patch? That's the question. Interesting. Right, we'll, we'll look into that. Okay, I would assume you would know right off the top of your head. How right. dare you? What? All right. Speaking of supervillains, Anthony oh, Fauci's yes. back. Oh, he is. He is one of the best. <laughs> That's right. I said no. it. I'm no NPR reporter now. I don't. I don't know where we're going to fall on that graph. Now that you just said that. (laughs) All right. He's back in the news, which is exactly where he wants to be. He did a Saturday interview uh, this past weekend uh, on CNN. And one of his quotes was, I would hope that if we get to the point that the volume of cases is such and organizations like the CDC recommend, CDC doesn't mandate anything, recommends that people wear masks. I would hope that people abide by that recommendation and take into account the risks to themselves and their families. What year is it? Yeah, again, zero accountability. They just keep on going. I mean, it's just like, believe me, y'all, I'm here again. Yeah. And 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 he's being enabled by members of the media who are just like, oh, okay, great. I hope they do. But I'll tell you what, though, props to uh, is it, uh, Smirconish on Smirconish, CNN. who did not enable him. In fact, I have some of that audio. Would we like to hear that? Please. Here we go. Uh, Brett Stevens in The Times talked about Cochrane. Put that on the screen. The most rigorous and comprehensive analysis of scientific studies conducted on the efficacy of masks for reducing the spread of respiratory illness, including COVID-19, was published last month. Its conclusions, said Tom Jefferson, the Oxford epidemiologist who is the lead author, were unambiguous. There is just no evidence that they, masks, make any difference, he told the journalist Mayanne Damasi, full stop. But wait, hold on, what about the N95 masks as opposed to the lower quality? Surgical or cloth masks makes no difference, none of it, he said. Well, what about the studies that initially persuaded policymakers to impose mask mandates? They were convinced by non-randomized studies, flawed observational studies. How do we get beyond that finding of that particular review? Yeah, but there are other studies, Michael, that show at an individual level for individual. When you're talking about the effect on the epidemic or the pandemic as a whole, the data are less strong. Less strong. Non-existent. There, there aren't randomized controlled trials, which is the gold standard. They, they should have done RCTs on masks if they wanted to mandate them. They never did. His answer is so weak. If he had, yeah. if he had answers, he would offer them yeah. there. He doesn't have answers beyond his own authority, which is, of course, he is science. I understand that. Yes. So it an is attack a, on him, as he says, really is an attack he on is science. A, he's science itself. And the thing is about all this, 
is that we got it horribly backwards yeah. in the pandemic, which is the the thing where you have to prove to the government that the silly thing they're asking you to do and yes. the onerous thing they're asking mm-hmm. you to do doesn't work. Right. No, 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 no. That's not how that works. They have to prove to you that the thing is effective right. before they mandate it for you and your children. Yeah. But we just totally flipped that during the pandemic. That's right. The other question is, of course, he's, that, which, by the way, it's a great fallback. I've seen other studies, you know, because then, it's, oh, which ones? Oh, I don't have them right here, but, you know. Right, but I'm just later. referencing sort yeah. of random ones. And that's the thing is the ones that he's referencing are these observational studies yeah. that do not control for anything. That's right. And and was the purpose, what did, I'm just not sure what his argument is now, is the purpose of masking to protect you or protect others? Do you remember it used to be one or the other? Oh, yeah, nobody knows. I mean, just, the same with Let's vaccines. They're like, forth. we're sort of protecting ourselves. Yeah. We know they we're don't really protect others, but we're going to say they protect yeah, gonna, others. Yeah. Really. And we're not going to rely on things like, I don't know, natural immunity and antibodies. We're just going to have this thing that was tested on seven mice. Oh, there goes our there goes our graph. We sink lower. Okay, so that that, that's one thing. We're taking the graph today. We are. We are. I I do. I will give him one prop. Anthony Fauci. You're not going to believe this, but he does get. And I'm not being sarcastic either. Okay, I'm waiting. He said data are not data is fair data and media. Are plural. I, I'm Thank bad. You. I'm bad about data and media. I say both is. I say is all day. No, no, no Fauci's right. Okay, the, the only time you'll ever hear me say that, by the way. A couple comments from Twitter after this exchange. Mm-hmm. This is Senator Rand Paul. Oh, boy. Fauci admits that masks don't work for the public at large, but still absurdly claims masks work on an individual basis. More subterfuge. And then Cliff Sims, I believe, had another good one. It's really hard to assume Fauci's disastrous mistakes were in good faith when he refuses to acknowledge obvious facts that yep. don't require a PhD to decipher. That was another part of the, this is me talking now, that was another part of the pandemic I hated, which is just like, you can't look at numbers and no. know things that are obvious to right. your very eyes. You are not an epidemiologist. Like, yeah. well, no, I can actually look at this stuff and tell things. So even if you are a doctor, if you're Jay Bettisharia, or if yes. you're who you if know, the, if you have the wrong thoughts, if you're the wrong, yes, if you're, then you're not the exact kind of doctor who <laughs> is qualified, and then you're only allowed to then you you can be you you don't have to have those qualifications if you agree with us, yeah. But if you don't agree with us, eh, yeah, sorry, that, are you an epidemiologist? And, and, well, the funny thing is, Rand Paul, of course, at the time when he would question Fauci in Congress, you know, Democrats and the media would jump all over Fa- Rand Paul. Oh, say, yeah. oh, look how he was owned. Oh, he was irresponsible, oh, he was totally owned. destroyed Burned. by right. Anthony Fauci. Destroyed. <laughs> he's been he's since been vindicated. Uh, and, well, well, he's going to have another bone to pick okay. because this is reported by the National Review. These are FOIA emails found by health nonprofit U.S. Right to Know. Despite his claims to the contrary, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the former director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, knew by January 2020 that his agency was funding gain-of-function research of novel coronaviruses in Wuhan, China. In a January 27, 2020 email, Fauci received talking points from an aide regarding Wuhan Institute of Virology research that was being funded by the Disease Division of the National Institutes of Health. The former chief medical advisor to the president then spoke about COVID-19 at a press conference later that evening. The NIAID funding funded the gain-of-function research through the nonprofit EcoHealth Alliance. We've yep. heard about that in the past. It's a for, former conspiracy theory. Yeah. 
truths that formerly identified as conspiracy theories. You would have been censored for right. suggesting that. Which contracted the Wuhan lab for the past five years, according to the email. EcoHealth Group has for years been among the biggest players in coronavirus work. This is from the email. Also in collaboration with Ralph Farrick, blah, 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 other people. Fauci's chief of staff wrote to his boss. Folkers then went into detail specifically regarding the research's findings with the financial backing of Fauci's agency. Mm -hmm. Approximately 10,000 bats and about 2,000 other mammals were sampled from 47 sites across the South China Sea. He wrote, this area was a prime location for discovering the closest relatives to SARS-CoV-2. Yeah. Hey. Uh, it would have been I would have been great if Smirconish asked Fauci about gain of function research. <laughs> CNN's heads exploding. Yeah. No, well, might as well go I, down look, and I was but, on you know, CNN. Blaze of glory. I, I was say. on CNN criticizing Fauci. I think once, one time. They never made that mistake again. One time. But the guy is on record just telling lies. Yeah. He, you can see the emails we and you can see what he says that. in public. Right. He's admitted to it several times, right. like when he talked about masks being unhelpful and then he changed mm -hmm. and then he talked about what we needed to hit herd immunity and then he changed mm -hmm. it because of political. He's admitted yeah. these things. He but, helped those two doctors publish, those two scientists publish that paper that argued against the lab leak theory and yes. then introduced it into the White House by acting like he had nothing to do with that particular yeah, paper. that so. too. His chief of staff did not explicitly mention gain-of-function research in, these, in this email, but he did note the novel coronaviruses did, quote, cause SARS-like disease in yeah. humanized mouse models. Now, all of this would have been a conspiracy theory and banned and throttled online, and you would be told you were a crazy person if you believed any of this. Yeah several years ago, but here it is in his own emails. And as you mentioned earlier, it coming to the schools now, isn't it? Yes. So that's one, College reason, schools, one reason I'd like to establish that maybe we don't listen to this guy too much. Yeah. And he is mercifully leaving. Did he just, did he leave in December or is he leaving this December? He, he, he just doesn't leave. He I, never leaves. Still, yeah, no, he's actually just still around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stop inviting him in, guys. So we have to not listen to him because- He's the guy who dances around and says we should do things and then claims he had nothing to do with mandating them. And right. here we are in yet another feedback loop with the Montgomery County, Maryland Elementary School, mm -hmm. Rosemary Hills Elementary School, requiring KN95 masks for its third graders, I believe. Very young children. They're required yes. to mask while in school for the next 10 days, except while eating or drinking. Masks will become optional again following the 10-day period. At-home rapid test kits will be sent home and made available for students. This is because three students test in the class yeah. tested positive for COVID. First of all, stop testing positive, testing for COVID and telling schools about it. Don't do not do that because it's a cold. And if your kid is sick, keep, keep your kid home. home. This I, is I this literally is, have that written down. This is the simple Stay hack. home. That all the private right. schools that opened and all the European schools that mm -hmm. opened and all the right. schools that stayed open were able to figure mm -hmm. out, if your kid is sick, keep the child home. And then everything turns out okay. But in Montgomery County, mm, they're not going to do that. You feel like you want to bring it up to them in a, in a school board meeting about it. But, but of course, they would then sick the FBI. I, mean, I don't on know you. why you want to be Probably. a terrorist that, like that's that, That's exactly Vic. right. It's a good point. But- <laughs> You know, to ask them about our kids really a major vector for this yeah. and were they causing all sorts of havoc the last time they were in school and threatening the teachers and killing grandpa and all these different things that they all said these particular things. Yes. And the idea that, you know, I don't know, maybe we can rely on 
you know, antibodies and natural immunity as opposed to, again, taking the next latest available booster, which may or may not apply to the latest variant, but just take it anyway. Well, and, yes. what's the worst It's that not happen? really, we didn't what's really test it and there's right. no show of efficacy mm-hmm. really. And yeah. all of this, by the way, is while bars are fully open, restaurants are fully open. This has happened no one, before. No one talks about, no one yeah. writes a bunch of stories about the disease vector no. 20-somethings going to the bars anymore. But for some reason, the children, the children yes. we have to refer to that way. So there's been a thousand stories about going back to school and the petri dish that they're right. all living in. And right. It's like, yeah, they're going to get colds, guys. Mm-hmm. That's what they're going to do. Yes, because right now when you read about the latest variants, and I was reading about this in the Washington Post, when you get actual details within the piece, once they get through all the panic, it's that uh, for the moment, the the symptoms are apparently mild. Oh, well, really? Yeah. Huh. Uh, Imagine that. And uh, when you talk about bars being open and whatnot, I think about the summer of 2020, the summer of 2021, and you had all these big events that were beginning to happen again in outdoor venues and all the grownups are out there, yet kids were not allowed back in school. They had to eat outside with masks on their faces. They'd have to eat, yeah, with the masks outside because they might spread it to the other kids and you know what i don't know but ver- but versus adults you know in let's say an award ceremony you know whether it be the oscars or whatever it was no big deal yeah no that's the met okay. gala oh the met gala that's everybody right. that, come that, on down so they had a they had a four-walled a tent break. that was completely indoors but it was set up outside so they called yeah. it outside yeah you see how that works isn't that nice for famous people i want to read from this story in the washington post the headline is oh Satisfying. (laughs) In a way. A few schools mandated masks. Conservatives hit back hard. Two things. One, it's not just conservatives, but they want to categorize it that way so that all the non-political and liberal moms and dads out there who are demanding that their children not wear masks to school because it's idiocy, that those people are sort of erased. You don't you don't get to hear about those. Also, yes. Mm-hmm. There's, what is the, the, hit back isn't, hard? Isn't there a, another synonym for hit hit back? What is that word I'm um, looking for? It begins with a P. Are they the pouncing. P- That's it. Pounce. Oh, yeah, the conservatives right. yeah, are pouncing. Yeah, yeah. They're really pouncing on this one. But also, yes, please pounce, because these people, the bullies, need to get punched. Yeah. Okay. Theoretically, guys, that's a rhetorical. You know where we are now. We're in the lower. <laughs> We have now crossed the x-axis and we're to the left of the y. We're like in the lower left quadrant of Fonz, Fonz, yeah. that thing. Um, okay. I, I so, I, I know the so. But this is, this is what I was going to say, okay. which is they, like, congressional hearings, on our way to coming here to get uh, the taping, J.D. Vance is on the floor trying to push a ban on mask mandates and Ed Markey from Massachusetts are arguing back and forth right. about it, ridiculousness. They can have that argument. They're not going to have that argument. The schools are just going to say, well, CDC says this, so therefore we're going to do well, it. Well, and this is the problem is that the CDC and its no great, argument. It's great wisdom. not have a debate. In its great wisdom, the CDC has all these old recommendations. They still recommend universal masking at schools when COVID levels hit oh, some it's, certain it's, yeah, level. Yeah, they have a certain level. That's right. Universal masking. They're still there, guys. Mm-hmm. They're living on another planet. Yeah. They have no, as I always say, has a public health official ever met a public? Like, have you met Mm -hmm. any public in your whole life? Real quick from the Washington Post. Actually, not real quick, because I have a couple bones to pick with this piece. As school gets underway and coronavirus cases rise, it's always just rise. Mm -hmm. You know, they're tearing through your community. There's like three of them. Right. Panic. Masks are returning to some American classrooms and reviving the country's fraught political debate. 
over whether face coverings are, quote, common sense or an abridgment of freedom. Hey, I got news for you. They are an abridgment of freedom, Mm -hmm. regardless of whether you think they're common Mm -hmm. sense. Now, you could say it's worth it, but this Washington Post reporter, Mm -hmm. as many journalists during the pandemic fell victim to, does not understand that freedom itself has value. Yeah. That's a thing that we enjoy in this country. Okay, moving on. Also, the learning loss issue because of the masks. Kids, you know, who who are now delayed in terms of their speech development. MSNBC and the Washington Free Beacon did a piece on this. Mehdi Hassan on MSNBC. He actually... He's really quadrupling down on all this stuff. It's so funny you should say that. I said doubling down right here. Look at this. This is why we work together. This is the getting hammered mindset. And he insists that... The pandemic had little or no impact on the learning loss because it was already mm-hmm. happening. And he brings sure. in an expert from Canada. The expert from Canada is a child psychologist whose area of expertise is video games and screen time. Oh, neat. So, neat that. Yeah. So there are a couple places. Maryland Elementary School, which we talked about. Right. The New York governor announced a plan to distribute free N95 and KN95 masks to schools mm-hmm. this fall. Again, not to any restaurants or any right. other public places where adults are. In Alabama, uh a junior high school in Sumter County declared in late August that mask wearing would begin again for everyone. Come on, Alabama. Yeah. Let's pull it together. A group of Senate Republicans invaded this legislation. Nikki Haley blasted this, said it's an invasion of parental rights to make kids wear these masks. So, yes, they are spanking those who attempt to do this. And mm-hmm. they should, because one of the problems with the pandemic is that we all said, OK, we'll do this for a short period of time. And it turns out these psychos just wanted to do it forever. Two weeks. Yeah. Remember, just two weeks. You and I, sh- I, I shouldn't Nobody say goes all. Out for- if I nobody, shouldn't say all. Yeah. There were there were people who resisted from the sure. beginning as they should have. I was like a little too laid back for about two weeks. And then I was like, what is happening? But I, I will grant you for the first couple of months in 2020, uh, like beginning of March into summer, we didn't know a lot about how you're going to get it. And also what are yeah. you what are the effects? Yeah. Right. I'm pretty sure by now in fall of 2023, we have enough data. Yes. That show it'll be OK for most of us. And now, again, if you're. If you are immunocompromised and you're, you're, you're sensitive to this, protect yourself. That you know, Don't go out. Yes. Fine. I understand. But again, so mandate. This, no. this story goes on. Here we have the paragraph about how cases are rising, but we don't know how much because, honestly, nobody's testing because it's a cold. Mm-hmm. The moves toward mask it frustrates wearing, people that you can't get tested. Right. The moves toward mask wearing come as the virus rates in the United States are rising by multiple measures, although hospitalizations are far below where they were a year ago. It is difficult to tell how widespread mild cases are because these mild cases people are not at home testing and reporting them to the government. Can't you just test every day? <laughs> Still, right. experts worry people are more susceptible to getting the virus in this latest uptick because most Americans, ha- are you ready for this one, have not received the latest booster including 80% of school-age children and the newest variants are adept at getting around immunity from vaccinations and prior infections. Just for the record, I believe Jill Biden has had every single booster you can have. And guess what? And she has it right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is going to be very... Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm going to keep going, but you you No, I'm thinking about the political ramifications of of this sort of resurgence in covid and how this could affect Joe Biden, whose latest poll numbers, according to CNN, he is now polling 46 percent to Donald Trump, 47 percent in a general election. And vast majorities of Democrats want a different Democrat 
to be the nominee in 2024. Yeah. They're faced with these issues. If they end up having to get involved and in, in, in wade into the whole mask thing again, I don't think that's going to help them because- It seems like a bad idea. you know the position he is going to be forced to take, yeah. which is you know the Randy Weingarten position or whoever on the left's position versus the- the crazy anti-science conservatives, right. you know, who say you, it's okay to take your mask off. That's not going to be good. It could be good news for Ron DeSantis more so than Trump, but right. I don't know. Well, the Washington Post really should have been fact-checked on this thing, but we only fact-check when you, quote, minimize COVID. We don't fact-check yeah. the other way. But this sentence, with no, no attribution and no evidence, mask mandates were instrumental in controlling the spread of the coronavirus during the peak of the pandemic. Were they? There is absolutely no evidence of that. Yeah. There's just none. Right. And they, they don't even attempt to tie it to anything. No, they just throw it in there. They're just like, bad things were happening, right. and then we put on masks, and everything was fine. I'll but tell you what. that's actually not what happened. I don't, know, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the masks did not fix it last time. The Republicans Pounce article that you're talking about, right? Is it still the same yes, article? Yes, yes. There's no option for comments. I scroll down. <laughs> I'm really curious about that. Although most of the readers would be like, you know, we we never took our mask off. We we wear it to bed. You know? Oh, I mean, that's, that's a real thing. There's still some of them out there. Oh yeah, yeah. I, can I ask you a question related mm-hmm. to this? How did you feel about that photo of Taylor Lawrence? I assume you saw her oh, yeah. with Dylan Mulvaney, and they were unmasked at a at Kathy Griffin party. There was a whole party. Yes. Yes. Okay. And Taylor so... Lawrence, of course, who is a Washington Post. Tech or youth reporter, something like Gener- that. Generations yeah. reporter. She, she's very COVID cautious. Well, so she says, right? So when she can berate the rest of us, yes. Taylor Lorenz is frequently tweeting, even in the year of our Lord twenty twenty three, that doing anything without a mask, traveling about the country, mm-hmm. going to football games, whatever the icky things that people like Vic and I like to do, eating in restaurants, right? These are all horrendous they are they are dangerous to go back immunocompromised people Mm -hmm. like taylor lorenz and we are just out to like just crap on her whole existence Mm -hmm. that's what we're doing Mm -hmm. but her existence also includes going to fancy hollywood hanging out with celebrities b-listers completely maskless in pictures that she then puts online so just you have to you have to let people know you're there is taylor lorenz gonna write happened a tweet thread about how Taylor Lorenz is a danger she thanked, to humanity? I believe she thanked Kathy Griffin for the precautions she took without specifying. Um, Did she force everybody to, I don't know, get tests, rapid antigen tests, the other test? Did they have to show their vax card? I don't know. But this is the same Taylor Lawrence, by the way, who also complained about a waiting line at the airport. And TSA forced her to mm-hmm. remove her mask. Even before she got to the front, they had to take their mask off. And she said, I'm not making this up, she had she held her breath as long as she could. Mm. Well, you know That's what? the world. When she, she when she needs to be with the masses. When she needs to be near someone yeah. as brave and stunning as Dylan Mulvaney. Oh, as Dylan Mulvaney. <laughs> she's willing to she's willing to do it. A couple more lines from Please. this, just because the whole thing is pretty appalling. After we've said that masks were totally important for the peak of the pandemic, solved a lot of problems. While there's no consensus among public health experts about school mask requirements, proponents say they make sense in the early phases of COVID upticks to prevent a bump in cases from turning into a surge. Sure. Sure, guys. Then we have a a public health, uh, an associate professor at the University of Wisconsin. And I love these like anodyne quotes that are actually just like, no, I'd like to force you to do things. Why would we not want to be proactive in protecting students, protecting teachers Mm -hmm. and protecting staff? 
By the way, I'm sorry for all of you who paid so much for college the mm. past several years yeah. and have been treated with this kind of yeah. BS. Yeah. It is, dare I say, not worth the money. And it was a close call before COVID. No, and I was just talking to a, a again, I think I might, might have mentioned this on a previous episode, a colleague of mine who she just graduated and she said she couldn't get out of there fast enough. And that professors would be like, I'm t- up front. This is as close as you get to me. You can't get any closer. You know, people, made, people were so nasty. I, here's, here's, my, here's my big question, serious question. Are university faculty the least healthy in our population? Is that what it is? I don't know. I mean, they're probably a sedentary population. Probably. Then we have a quote from mm-hmm. Jamie Raskin of Maryland, who represents mm-hmm. the Montgomery County area. He said a mandate can still be a sensible science-based answer to an outbreak. A Rosemary Hills Elementary School addressed a small COVID outbreak with appropriate prevention measures that unfortunately, though inevitably, drew the attention of right-wing COVID deniers. See, this is a nice trick where you call other people ignorant because they know facts that you do not and that you, due to your fixation on masks, must. Now, he is immunocompromised, so I understand if he chooses that. Sure. But he's alleging that a a mandate of ill-fitting N95s for eight-year-olds is the that's just the trick they need. It's not. It's not. In fact, I'll tell you the trick they need, which is also listed inside this article. Most importantly, says an administrator of the National Association of School Nurses, parents should keep youngsters home when they're ill. There you go, folks. There you go. That is advice that has never been dispensed <laughs> until just now. <laughs> it's ridiculous. The reason I delve into this, by the way, yeah. someone, I think I might be cribbing slightly from someone else's quote. But there will be a reckoning over the truth of what happened in 2020 and 2021 and 2022. And you kind of have to be the keeper Mm -hmm. of the facts and keep talking about them if you don't want these people to just completely wash them out. And just go through the same thing over and over again. I tweeted today about school closings, and we'll get to that. But someone someone just said to me, who banned going to school? And I was like, what? Yeah. And yeah. we can't have that, A, because I'm a wordsmith and I need to do better than that. Was but, but, yeah. that was, that's I was a cartoon character. <laughs> but it is amazing what they'll throw at you sometimes. Yeah. And I do think you need to be prepared to push yeah, back yeah. on Yeah, the things. audacity. It's kind of shocking. And you have to be prepared to say, well, actually, blah, because otherwise you'd be like, I'm just stunned they would say this. Yeah. You know. Speaking of college at the University of Michigan. Oh. Yeah. Students testing COVID, COVID oh, positive must leave trip. their door, dorm yeah. rooms for five days and live in the community. A hotel room or a relative's house is okay. This is Dr. J saying from Stanford saying this cruel policy is designed to spread COVID from the university into the wild. It will not stop COVID from spreading at University of Michigan. Could you have afforded to stay off campus at a hotel for five days when you were yeah, in college? Who's paying for, are they paying for that? I don't know, but I certainly could not have afforded that when I was in no, college. That's... Nuts. That would have been outlandish yeah, for how long? to me. I'm sorry. For Five how days. Five. Are people actually doing this? The only way they can enforce this if they for- is if they force, force all the students to get tested. Testing, right. Say where we're going. Stop doing these. That's what we're talking Testing. About. Okay. A little bit of Joe Biden here who has been exposed to COVID yes. because his wife has COVID. Yes. He no. takes the podium just the other day <laughs> and he has some jokes to tell about mask policies. We explain to the press. I've been tested again today. I'm clear across the board, but they keep telling me because this has to be 10 days or something, I got to keep wearing it, but don't tell them I didn't have it on when I walked in. 
He's gesturing to his own mask, which he's supposed to wear because the CDC says he has to wear it for 10 days after his exposure. Knows, because he knows it's ridiculous. He knows it's not. I mean, they can't. Even Joe world, Biden knows. No, in their world, amongst themselves, they don't actually do this. They just want everyone else yep. to follow. So he says the quiet part, part yeah. out loud, which yeah. is, this is dumb. I'm not going to wear this mask. Hardy, har, har. The problem is there are third graders right down the road who are using outdated CDC guidance, who's, or whose grown-ups who should be nice to them, are using outdated CDC guidance yeah, to, to mask them, them to once again. So maybe you should six, address hours. that, Joe six, Biden. seven hours eating in silence. It's uh, Again, it's no, it's no different than like, I don't know, Gavin Newsom going to the French Laundry and everybody else has to stay home. Oh, man. They were good times. They were good times. We're really bringing people back. It's a nostalgia <laughs> episode. It is. But since we're doing nostalgia, let's also do some Now It Can Be Told. Oh, okay. Because the New York Times has some for us. This is really? David David Leonhardt. Oh, sure. Just a just a tad late on this. And he is, but he usually is. Once once he comes around to something, that means okay. Well, now it's no, official. The, he's and it's the final. signal. He's the signal. He's the signal. Okay, right. This is the New York Times. Where are the students? Question mark. Subhead. Attendance at school has come to feel more optional than it did before the pandemic. You don't say. You don't yeah. say, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this has become an increasing problem. David Leonhardt says, look, if you're a child or a former child, you'll remember how hard it can be to get up for school. For as long as schools have existed, so have these morning struggles. Nonetheless, children overcame them almost every day, sometimes with a strong nudge from parents. Going to school was the normal thing to do. Then suddenly it wasn't. The long school closures during the COVID pandemic were the biggest disruption in the history of modern American education, and those closures changed the way many students and parents think about school. Attendance, in short, has come to feel more optional than it mm-hmm. once did, and absenteeism has soared, remaining high, even as COVID has stopped dominating everyday life. Well, don't tell Fauci it's not dominating everyday Some of life. these students have spent two, maybe three years of their university education at home. Some transferred because it just was a terrible experience. A friend of mine, his son, was supposed to do it. He did his first year at Fordham, which was under lockdown up in New Ugh, York at the time. And yuck. he just came back to Texas because it was just like, this is, this is yes, terrible. Yes, why be there? Yeah. And Texas A&M was better. That's that's one thing. The other thing is, there is this real resonating, lasting impact on that sort of behavioral change about school attendance as optional. And we're experiencing that on, in offices. Obviously, a lot of companies are having problems bringing people in. Federal government's not forcing anybody in, so that doesn't help. But, but I see this a lot yeah. where a young coworker will be like, eh, you know, I'm going to work home today because why wouldn't I? Yeah. I mean, so uh, according to the data, on an average day last year, in the last school year, close to 10% of K through 12 students were not there. About one quarter of U.S. students qualified as chronically absent, meaning they missed 10% Mm -hmm. of days, about three and a half weeks. It's a vastly larger number than it was before COVID. And, you know, they they did a study to figure out why this might be. They they did a study, guys. You ready for the study? In the study, his last name is D-E-D-E-E. He looked for explanations for the trend, and the obvious suspects didn't explain it. Okay, guys. Places with a greater COVID spread did not have higher lingering levels of absenteeism, for instance. The biggest reason for the rise seems to simply be that students have fallen out of the habit of going to school every day. Consistent with this theory is the fact that absenteeism has risen more in states where schools remained closed for longer during the pandemic, like California and New Mexico and in Washington, D.C. The chart Mm -hmm. below shows the correlation between these state data on chronic absenteeism and data from Thomas Kane, a Harvard economist, on the share of students in each state who in 20. 
2020 to 2021 were enrolled in districts where most students were remote. Mm -hmm. By the way, how is that not the obvious explanation? Right. They're like, well, what explanation were you looking for? And the, the answer is that if you're on this side of the debate, you believe that COVID yeah. was what affected students badly. Mm -hmm. COVID is what caused all these problems. COVID is what caused right. mental health problems. And and you don't want to understand right. not COVID policy. that COVID policies yeah. had a terrible, deleterious yeah. Yeah. effect that we need to reckon with. Kids, and I know this from having seen it with my own kids during that terrible time, you don't even have to have your screen on. And so a lot of classmates I hear were just playing video games. And guess what? They became very lenient about grading because of these extraordinary circumstances. So nobody actually failed this year. And then nobody just nobody yeah. ever gets. Well, yeah. they told everyone that public schools in major American cities were non-essential. I mean, teachers and school right. boards and teachers unions were all saints, right. of course, oh, yeah. who were doing the hard heroes, work and stunning, it, stunning and brave, yeah. but also non-essential. Mm -hmm. And if you tell people for several years that you are non-essential, they will believe you. Lisa Damore, a psychologist and the author of The Emotional Lives of Teenagers, has some late advice on this kind of thing. She understands that kids might be anxious about going to school and she has empathy for parents who mm -hmm. are dealing about, with this, but she has this advice. The most fundamental thing for adults to understand is that avoidance feeds anxiety. When any of us are fearful, our instinct is to avoid. But the problem with giving in to that anxiety is that avoidance is highly reinforcing. The more often students skip school or say, I don't know, adults skip life because they're afraid of a respiratory disease, the harder it, come, it becomes to get back in the habit of going. This is some, some advice that we could have used from the psychologist a couple of years ago for all the adults, all the adults who made all these decisions. <sighs> it's not good, guys. It's not good. Anyway, one more so it can be told. Okay. Now it can be told. Excuse me. I'm messing up my own one. This is from the UK. There was just so much COVID news. I was like, I got I, I got to slam it all in. I don't even know where this is coming from. I, I, I saw a few and I said, oh, I got a lot to say. I'm done already. I've run through the page. I got, it's, I got words for days. Yes, okay. Okay. This is so, from the UK. A study. I'm going to use the bathroom. And I'm going to come back. Then just continue, please. All right. <laughs> a study from the UK, Speech and Language UK, 1.9 million or one in five children are struggling with talking and or understanding words, a huge increase of 26% in two years. Quote, these children are more likely to fail in key subjects, be lonely, have mental health problems and end up in the criminal justice system and be out of work as adults. This is the UK, which was far less masked and had far more services yep. for, say, speech therapy yep. without masking about that. or young preschool and mm -hmm. elementary school without masking. So I doubt we're going to get a, a study like this in the U.S. No, you don't want it. They don't want to know. They probably don't want to examine that too hard, but this now it can be told. Yeah. Now it can be told. There you have it, Vic. We're just getting started, by the way. School, you know, I mean, we just got started with the school year. I wait for uh, the next few weeks. So you can tune in right here to Getting Hammered to find out how bad it's going to get. I'm just telling you. We just have to stay. We have to say. We have to say stop. We, you you got to stay vigilant. You got to gird yourself. You got to speak mm -hmm. up. You got to be the Karen. Yeah. You got to Karenize yourself. Yeah. You got to call. And, you know, somebody complained at us for using the, the name Karen oh, really? uh, in this way one time negatively. Oh, sure. And I said, it's really not meant to insult you. I have friends named Karen, but it is the. It Some is of a, my best friends are named Karen. <laughs> I, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Some of my best friends are carrots. <laughs> Nonetheless, you need to be assertive. You need to send yeah. the emails. You need to bug the people you and do. say, what I would like 
is to mm-hmm. not do this nonsense. Otherwise, they will roll over you. They now, will. quickly, do you have any Burning Man thoughts? So, <laughs> do you notice how I just immediately jumped out of that one now? We're, no, I do. Uh, okay. I want to oh, finish with Burning Man. Okay. Talk about a place to get a respiratory disease or oh. another kind. Hey, you know, I mean, that's what the other kind of disease probably, but usually you go out there, people do back in the day, right? Tuberculosis. You got to go to the desert, you know? <laughs> So what a good. What a I nice thought even place. back in the day of Burning Man, people oh, got no, tuberculosis no, there. No, no, he would go there it was to like escape. Doc you know? Holliday's at Burning Man. All right, he should have went. He should have went. He rolled yes. up in a carriage yeah, from yeah, Tombstone. Yeah, the, yes, the Burning Man of the 1800s was wild. So, wild. as you know, it is unusual for that area, that region, this time of year to get any rain. And this is just north of Reno. Speaking of Reno again, Nevada, it rained and it turned the entire desert area, if you will, into a muddy clay pit. And people were stranded. Like they wouldn't even, they couldn't even get out. The roads well, were closed and they had to subsist on whatever they had. And there was very, you know what made it, the, when I read, I read this particular story in the journal and it sounded like, okay, in terms of priorities, least important is like, I don't know, bathroom, food, and water. Mm-hmm. And then the most important thing is Wi-Fi. That, and, the, and the spotty Wi-Fi was a crisis. Well, the I, bathroom and the food thing is not that big a deal, apparently. If I'm not mistaken, Burning Man does put an emphasis on self-sufficiency of sorts that you're that you're supposed Mm -hmm. to have supplies with you i see you are supposed to barter with people to make that (laughs) barter with this is like a pre sort of no it's like a this is this is grover norquist thing he goes to burning man you know that i did not know that grover norquist noted tax activist anti-tax activist on the right and and a guy you would not think goes to burning man no goes to burning man because he thinks it's a great example of sort of spontaneous order oh Wow. That it's a great example of that because people come and they organize in new yes, and innovative yes, ways. Yes, yes. And so creating I guess, your own society on the spot. Right. And perhaps we can hope that that happened in the case of floodwaters. I would imagine many of them have eco-friendly vehicles that could not get out of the floodwaters, <laughs> could not emerge from mud with yeah. their little electric motors. No. That would be one of my Sinking guesses. In there. Do you, you've never been, I assume, to a Burning Man. Burn. I have not. Do you? I, Some of my best yeah. friends are Burning Man <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed Burning Man was about going to the desert to get high. That's what I thought it was. I mean, it's also about that. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. Which... And you wear weird clothes and you set okay. that big effigy on fire. I don't really know what the significance yeah. of that is. It, um, I'm picturing the, the giant wood figure from that Nicolas Cage movie. You know, sort the, of like the, that. The, what's it called? The man, the something man. You know, who are the bees, not the bees. Oh, boy. Listeners are yelling at me now. <laughs> Wicker Man, the Wicker Man. Okay, sure. No. Can I tell you a story okay. from the Escape from Burning Man? Oh, please do. By the way, this should be a film at some point, right? This would be a great one. Diplo. Thank you. Jennifer's nodding. All right. Oof. Diplo and Chris Rock had to hitch a ride out of Burning Man Festival on Saturday. The DJ Forty Four and the comedian Fifty Eight were among attendees who had to go home after the festival shut down three days early due to heavy rainfall in Nevada's Black Rock Desert. This left seventy thousand people str- stranded in muddy conditions. In, a, in an Instagram post, Diplo revealed that a fan offered to pick him and Rock up in his pickup truck to help them escape. In the video, Diplo removed ski goggles from his eyes while turning to the camera, to, turning the camera to a group of attendees. Also appearing in the clip, Rock wore a New York Knicks varsity jacket, a black cap, and matching sunglasses. The Everybody Hates Chris star went on to joke about how much he wanted a cold brew. So they walked like six miles and then met a fan. Who? Well, I'm, I'm sure the fan was more up. than excited. I mean, a pretty good deal. You bring your you bring your pickup truck out to the desert and you pick up some some cool folks. Maybe somebody would help us out there if we were at Burning Man. I mean, us. We have a lot of getting hammered fans. Uh, We got reach. 
There's probably going to be somebody who's been to Burning Man and be like, you guys have this so wrong, you nerds. Well, I mean, I was about to ask, and I just don't want to reveal my ignorance, but I mean, is it that much different from something called Coachella? You know, is that different? Yeah, uh, it's yeah. It's more like it's... there's musical acts in that, right? Yeah, Coachella is much Coachella's more music more focused. fancy, like rich Yes. People, but they still go to a desert, don't but they? But all of them uh, become trendy. This is the yeah. this is the thing about mm-hmm. all these sort of counterculture gatherings is that they eventually become trendy and they yeah, eventually Yeah, and then it ruins become, it like South by Southwest. They're eventually populated sudden, by only Instagram influencers. Yes, and then you want to go to the next thing because every, too many of the other people are there. But I can tell you that getting okay. hammered will never be overrun with Instagram influencers <laughs> because we are, Please. especially on this episode, too right on the old spectrum. Yeah, yeah, where we are. We might be lower, but we still are, we're definitely on the right. I have a call out, by the way, to a listener, Classical Libmont, who I love, who on Twitter tells us one theory for the please be patient student driver bumper stickers mm-hmm. is perhaps just to keep people away from your car. Oh, interesting. And Classical Libmont sends this photo on Twitter of a bright yellow McLaren sports car with a <laughs> please be patient student driver. That's Maybe. Smart. He's onto something. Or that if something is wrong, and for instance, maybe you're a little over the speed limit, maybe a cop won't pull you over. They oh, have a say, little oh, grace, I a little ju- grace I'm, for the McLaren. Right, right. I'm new at this. What do you think? In my McLaren. <laughs> okay. That wraps up this episode of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. Thank you for taking this walk down Nostalgia Lane with me so we can get some things straight. Um, a couple programming notes. I am on Dana Perino's podcast this hey, week called Perino great. on Politics. And I also am on Ruthless. So you can check that out. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter, at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. Though I'm not much of an influencer, I must confess. I'll keep trying. This is the only influencer that's ever running this place. Thank you for getting Hammer responsibly. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. Thank you.